Matthew chapter 2, verses 16 through 23. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, Jeremy, this is our fourth day in the Gospel of Matthew. And Herod, um, he he goes completely unhinged today. And um, it's, it's a tragic scene yeah. um you know it's, it's the massacre of the innocent um you know a, a a very tragic moment where herod uh seeking to solidify his own power and the power of his bloodline um and remove any threats he, he seeks to kill this child whose birth aligns with the prophets um you know matthew's continuing his quest of like cementing jesus as this champion of the prophets uh we have Another, you know, we've had Isaiah, Micah, and Hosea mm-hmm. um, explicitly quoted, you know, among others alluded to. And now we have Jeremiah. Um, and so mm-hmm. it, it's not even like we're just pulling from Isaiah, um, but he, he's like cataloging all these uh, prophetic claims about the Christ and pointing to how they're fulfilled in Jesus. So Jeremy, um, Herod killing the children, um, Joseph, you know, he's only continuing to have these very great uh, dreams um, where he's getting guidance and direction. Um, you know, you kind of get the sense that Joseph, like when he went to bed at night, he must have just been ready to hear from, you know, his quarterly yeah, update yeah. With, All right, God. with Gabriel. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, what are, your, what are your thoughts on this passage today? Yeah, I mean, I think we definitely have to, you know, we've kind of been pointing out a lot of the 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 typifying the fulfilling of Jesus as you know the son of God like mm-hmm. which was a term that was used for Adam and and his people Israel right and and both of those sons failed you know to to be faithful to their their god yeah um but and so now that's just important to keep in mind that Jesus is being kind of connected to that that son he's being He's, he's going through similar events that Israel went through as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something worth reminding ourselves about. <clears throat> and we kind of especially see that here with Herod, you know, c- 
killing all of the the male children. Oh yeah, and you know that's obviously a reminder of what happened in Egypt when um, God uh, killed all of the firstborn sons who in households that did not have the blood over the doorpost, the blood that mm, land over the doorpost. Interesting. Yeah, it's like a reverse passive. Yeah, yeah, huh. yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's, that's again, it's ironic a little bit that, like, yeah. that Herod is the one carrying that out um, mm-hmm. versus a foreign uh, king, a foreign power. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and so Jewish, like, yeah, like you said, a reverse Passover, Jewish children are dying. Um, Rachel yeah. is weeping for her children. Yeah. Uh, and, and so we're seeing some of that connection. But then kind of going on from there, we're, we're seeing another interesting kind of point here. And that is the return, which kind of goes to, it starts to go back to where they were, but then they pivot because he's afraid um, to, to Galilee and eventually Nazareth. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, Jesus of Nazareth is such a big and important theme, which is kind of a funny thing to say because Nazareth was so unimportant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I think it's worth thinking about a little bit of that, that, that exodus out of Egypt and Herod and what he was doing, but then where he landed mm-hmm. um, into this place called Nazareth. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on, on Nazareth? I've got a couple of things. Yeah. Well, you know, about. uh, Nazareth it is kind of known uh, to be this this podunk kind of area. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's it's very blue collar and, and it's kind of um, out on the edges. Um, and so you know there's there's a very famous moment um, in the Gospel of John. Um, I think is it Philip um, who you know, he famous, his brother comes and says like, look, we found the promised one. Mm-hmm. And he says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I won't like <laughs> at risk of offending anyone. I won't like name any parts of Georgia that might be <laughs> similar. Um, but you know, we could all think of like sort of the towns where you wouldn't expect, uh, the promised one of God to come out of, especially at a time that was so honor and shame the culture that was so honor and shame and kind of bloodline driven. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, this is something that as is pointed out here, it's uh, prophesied towards. And so God in his very godlike way has a very um, roundabout way of bringing Christ into um, this region where he would then be called Nazarene. But um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So a lot of people have like, ask this question like well what is the significance of him being called a nazarene and there's a a great pastor in boston named eric raymond who uh, wrote a little article on some of these things so i'd encourage you to look that up he gives Mm -hmm. a lot of a good overview but um and our church has visited him and encouraged him in his ministry actually so shout out there but Mm. um one of the things that i think that i find helpful that he points out is you know the Nazarite vow is something that you see a lot in, in scripture and, and Samson even has some connections to that. And you see that he's like anointed and, and has this great power. And even though he's morally like questionable in many ways, Mm -hmm. um, there's something about this Nazarite connection that is like set apart, anointed and things like that. And then though we see like, especially in the new, in the gospels, like the insignificance Mm-hmm. of of Nazareth. 
And so I found that that is like a helpful kind of parallel there um, to look at at the same time. You know, there's this, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously great expectation for mm-hmm. Jesus, right? Absolutely. He's, I mean, that's what the whole genealogy is trying to say. Like, hey, the greatest of the great here, <laughs> yeah. know, he's from Abraham. He's from David. Like David, God promised David that he would have a king that mm-hmm. would always be from his line on the throne. So there's this kingly expectation here that's going to be a blessing, not just to Israel, but to the entire world. Mm-hmm. And and so and he, he's going to save his people from their sins. He is like set apart. He is going to be anointed for a great work. Mm-hmm. And yet he's a suffering servant, mm. as Isaiah says, right? Um, he had no place to lay his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, he was, you know, born in a place of great insignificance, um, in a little manger, right? But yet he was given gifts by kings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just this over and over like theme of, um, of, of something unique about him, something special, something set apart, and yet something also very normal. Yeah. Um, and insignificant in many ways, something you wouldn't see and be like, wow, mm-hmm. he's a king. Absolutely. You know, I, I do think, uh, just as we close, this all kind of underlines Jesus' identity as the man of sorrows, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, there, this great atrocity and this tragic quote from Jeremiah, Rachel weeping for her children, um, that Jesus is, you know, obviously he's the prince of peace. He's, he's a, the source of all joy. Um, and yet, um, enters in through tears mm-hmm. and through tragedy. Um, and I think it tells us exactly what type of king, what type of ruler mm-hmm. and shepherd mm-hmm. uh, this Messiah is going to be. I think that's a great word. I mean, you yeah. couldn't, you shouldn't overlook the, the sorrow of that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, recognize that like there's going to be a great, that another son is going to die. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Man, well, Another great day in the book of Matthew, and uh, we're just going to keep on pressing on. So for the great, the inevitable Jeremy Brooks, this is Will Carlisle. We'll see you tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.